Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of the NFNL podcast. I'm your host, Nicholas Sacco, and we've got another great episode for you today. We'll be speaking to the Old Altham Collegian senior men's coach, Matthew Sleeman, following their very impressive 6-1 and one start to Heidelberg Golf Club Division 3. And we'll also chat to Ashley Hansen, the under-9s coach, uh, the junior netball coach, and a senior netball player for the Donnybrook Netball Club following their first win in the NFNL Winter Netball Competition and as well as a bit of an update on all things happening there at Donnybrook Plus. We'll, as always, review and preview all of our senior men's and women's competitions and to get started on that straight away, as always to my left, I have Josh Ward. Josh, great to have you and we're just saying before we hit record that there were a lot of interesting results on the weekend. Yeah, across across all competitions. It was a very exciting weekend and possibly one of the most interesting weekends to date in the NFNL. Great way to kick off the second third of the 2023 season. So let's dive straight into it then with Melbourne Greyhounds Division 1. And we'll start with the match of the day that we were at at J.E. Moore Park between West Preston Lakeside and Montmorency. And it was the Magpies that got the 17-point win and... They moved themselves up the ladder as they continued to do. A very impressive start for Gary Ramsey's side. They, we knew that there was a lot of improvements in the offseason with a couple of recruits, but, you know, they've just taken to the league like nothing and they've been super impressive to watch. The first time we got to watch them as a broadcast team and they definitely did not disappoint with their with their big win over West Preston Lakeside. They, they started to become a threat now in this division. They are starting to become a threat. And, yeah, this was... By far their their most impressive win, you know, because I thought they were the better side from the word go. You know, West Preston Lakeside they did have their moments where, you know, they were they were on top and kicked goals. But yeah, I think Montmorency they they consistently locked it in their forward line really well, created plenty of chances. It wasn't until that that final quarter where, you know, they started to to break loose. I think it was five goals they kicked in the final term. They they are very fast finishers, other Magpies and. You know, we also got to see for the first time a man who's gone so much plaudits already to start the season, Liam Wild Buxton, mm. and we were really impressed with him. He was a superstar in ruck and, and up forward. He was the major point of difference on the day and kicked the two goals. He's he's taken the league by storm, and that, I reckon, was one of his best performances in a Magpie shirt to date. And he wasn't coming up against nobody as well. Matthew Harmon's mm. a very well-respected ruckman, particularly in that whole Division 1 competition. So it just goes to show how talented well Buxton is. Paddy Fitzgerald also doing well on the forward line, yeah. kicked five, uh, four of those in the last quarter. So um, super impressive stuff. Or was it four? I think it was three in the last quarter. Yes, that's right. Four. So, yeah, very impressive stuff there from Mott Moranti. West Preston Lakeside, well, yeah, it's, it's just interesting for them now because... Mm. We've we've learnt in the last few seasons that you can't write them off, but their their last month or so of football has been really concerning. I feel like we know they haven't had Armand Saad, and, and there's been a few injuries. In, injuries. Kobe Brown didn't play on the weekend as well with his VFL mm-hmm. debut. So uh, yeah, look, you know, can't write them off. They're still in the top five, and you know, they'll have a couple of fixtures in the next few weeks that might ease the the load on them a little bit. But even in saying that, they haven't been getting through those with any simple task as well. They lost to McLeod a few weeks back. They mm-hmm. only just got over the line against the lights of Northcote Park. So, um, yeah, there's, it's just, there's a lot of eyes on West Preston Lakeside at the moment. But we know they can bounce back. It's just 
They, they, they would want to do it sooner rather than later, not to fall behind the pack. Yeah, it's it, it is really concerning out of Jerry Moore Park now because you know this. Yeah, this it's been a rough. It's been a rough couple of weeks, I reckon, ever since you know we called the first game out there where they they were convincing winners over Bunder, and I thought you know they continue continue on what they built the in 2018, 2019 and, and last year. But, you know, it's it, it's been, yeah, it's been pretty rough. And I think, yeah, they need to get wins these next couple of weeks and comfortably too if they are to, to show that that they are to be ridden off. And, yeah, I, but if they do lose, at probably maybe even one, and we'll touch on this a little bit later, a little later on, even if they lose this week, it's danger signs for them. Let's move to the... Top of the table clash in that division was between Heidelberg and Greensboro. We we're probably expecting a bit of a closer affair, but the Tigers, well, they are out and out the premiership favourites right now. A, a huge 35-point victory over a Greensboro side. They they dominated pretty much. They had 10 more scoring shots in them as well. And, you know, it, that, that midfield duo with, with Sam Gilmore and whether it's Lockie Wilson, even Braden Sire, probably had his mm-hmm. best game for Heidelberg uh, this year as well, was named in the best... Uh, for the Tigers and yeah they just dominated they were they were excellent again and you just can't write them off at the moment and yeah as I've been saying they're, they're absolutely the favourites oh think? they're they're flying high at the moment down at Wingle Park it's it, it's been unbelievable to start this season and you know this is a, a terrific win possibly I reckon I reckon their second best win given you know against Bandura was against a a, a bit a better side in my opinion Greensboro a really talented side but you know, this this was a really impressive win. Charlie Wilson as well kicked the three goals mm. and was named best on. Well, we saw how good he was a couple last week as well against yeah. Bandura. So he's an excitement machine, and you know, to beat to beat Sam Gilmore for the best on that's not a that's no mean feat as well. So and yeah, Sam Gilmore just continuing to do what he did does best. But you know, it was a very even contest for the first three quarters. It was all square at. At three-quarter time, 47 apiece. Mind you, Heidelberg had kicked six goals, 11. So they would have been roaring missed chances. But then they piled on 40 points and only conceded the five points in that final term. That is a really fast finish once more from the Tigers. They're a very fast-finishing lineup. So, yeah, it's a, it's a really great victory for them. And they're definitely the favourites now. North Heidelberg finally get back on the winner's list after their round two win over Northcote Park. They... Were no match for Whittlesey in a, in a good way. A 46-point win for them. Billy Hogan goes on and kicks six and becomes very dominant in that forward line. And while well, we know that Jesse Tardio can be excellent again, and he, he, he's already had a great season, even though the Bulldogs haven't been winning games. But we put the onus on them that this was the game they had to win if they wanted to get their season back on track. They were bottom of the ladder coming into it, um, really down on form. So... Um, a great performance from them to get over the top and much needed one and it puts them in good stead maybe at least for the next couple of weeks yeah and I think it staves off you know any potential relegation talk this is against the side which you know I'm expecting to to be to be down the bottom but still a, a, a side that will be hard to beat but yeah Really impressive win for the Bulldogs. A much-needed one as well. Billy Hogan, he's been on fire these last couple of weeks. Kicks the, has kicked the 10 goals. And you know, I think he's been named the Heide- North Heidelberg's best on. And it, there's one in the highlights reel as well, which you'll see in the plays of the week, which is an absolute stunner. And, yeah, it's um, 
it's a much needed it's a much needed win as you said Nick and yeah they they lifted this week the the Bulldogs and they'll need to continue to lift uh, these next couple of weeks as well if they are to you know potentially even push for finals even and the other two results were the closest results of the round um, in Melbourne Greyhounds Division 1 McLeod with a nine point win over Hurstbridge and well, I think the Roos have definitely broken the shackles off their disappointing start to the campaign. They've had a really good few weeks here, um, particularly bouncing off that win against uh, West Preston Lakeside a fortnight ago. Um, Craig Hayes is slowly but surely starting to put together a, a handy little side. Lucas Hobbs, again, very excellent in the midfield. Luke Joyce, well, I think he's really settling well yeah. into the Roos lineup. And, you know, we had a slow start to this year, but, you know, him combining well with Reed Brand at times throughout the year, um, he's really relishing the the forward fifty entries that they've been getting from that midfield, um, and yeah, he's probably right up there for one of the recruits of the year so far. Because I'll say recruits, it's, he has been at McLeod previously, but in terms of this year, um, yeah, I think he's really settled in well. But yeah, the Roos are just flying along really nicely, and a, and a great result for them. It is a great result for them. You know, it it was a very a very close affair. Hurstbridge will be disappointed because they had, you know, a handy quarter time lead by 15 points. Yeah, it's only quarter time, but you know they would have liked to have held on. But yeah, the the Roos they're they're starting to hit form. Luke Joyce, yeah, I think he is up there in recruit of the year. Ten, go- I think it's ten goals so far this season. Uh, seven of which have come in the last couple of weeks. So a really impressive performance from him. Sebastian Latina, I reckon he's having a bit of a breakthrough yeah. season as well. Named best on and kicked the goal as well. So um, we saw him at great at War Memorial Park. He was really impressive, and yeah, he's starting to make a name for himself in that McLeod midfield. And they moved to six on the ladder, two points behind West mm-hmm. Preston Lakeside for that top five spot. So they're, they're definitely pushing up uh, the way that they've wanted to. And yeah, they'll they'll be eager to continue this form, particularly just before Queen's birthday. And then last game of that round saw Bandura with a 13-point win over Northcote Park. It was a bounce-back win we expected, but not maybe the margin. So it was only a 13-point win, and it just shows... Mm-hmm that the Cougars are really hitting their straps as well. They might not be winning games, but they've put up a really good fight against a few of these teams. We know um, last week they got their second win of the year. They've, they beat, uh, they were close to West Preston Lakeside and, and put up a really good fight here against the Bandura side, who probably could have kicked a bit more accurately themselves. But yeah, overall, I think it's a, it's a win for both sides in a sense. Yeah, it's, it's a massive win for Northcote Park because, you know, maybe last year they they wouldn't have gone close, I reckon, to Bundura. But, yeah, they got close here. It is out, there, out at Bill Laurie over the home, home deck. But, you know, Bundura, they are just too good. I think, you know, Northcote Park, they led a three-quarter time as well. You know, they were up by seven. But, you know, the Bulls also just came charging home, kicked six goals and only conceded the three. And, pick up a real a really handy win Danny Union it seems he doesn't like the spotlight on him he's kicked the four <laughs> he kicked the four goals and you know he's done really well so far this se- this season and up forward and has been that main man instead of St- Sam Lloyd Lloyd kicked the one goal and Zaharakis on return kicked the two goals so that tri- that trio is doing wonders once more for the Bulls but yeah much needed bounce back win for them so if we look at the ladder then so between seventh and tenth in Melbourne Greyhounds Division 1, all of them 2 and 5 on 8 points, and the percentage is just 37% between 7th and 10th. So very even down the bottom. There's no certainties in relegation so far. And then you look at the top as well, it's 6 points between 1st and 4th. So, you know, very close there. But in saying that, it's Heidelberg that you'd say have the advantage. But 
for Morancy to be second as well after seven weeks is is a is a great feat from them. I feel like them, Bandura and Greensboro are just all in that patch that are really trying to challenge Heidelberg right now. So mm. um, definitely hard to separate at this stage, but it, it makes for a very, very good uh, Melbourne Greyhounds Division 1. And it just, again, well, I know we've spoken about it before on this podcast, how even the competition is, Josh. It is remarkable how even it is. And, you know, yeah, it's... I'm still amazed. I knew it was going to be even, as I've said before as well, heading into the season, given how well each side has recruited, but I wasn't expecting it to be this even. And yeah, one thing I'm glad about is I'm glad I get to do the Division 1 previews each week. So <laughs> it's yeah, a good year to do them, that's for sure. a very good year indeed. Absolutely. Well, we'll move over to MC Labor Division 2 now. And it was it was a week where most of the top five were playing most of the bottom five. And there was... I guess you could say all the results were expected, but I guess what this does more than anything is set up some great games um, in the coming week, which we'll get to later on in the program. But we'll start with St. Mary's and Altham, and um, it was the Panthers again flexing their muscles. A very handy win for them to the tune of 28 points. It wasn't that St. Mary's wasn't in, out of the contest at all, but you know the Panthers just looked comfortable in all four quarters to get that important win. They had... 31 scoring shots to 18 as well. So a game they pretty much had dominated from start to finish. Uh, but, you know, it re- again, as we said, puts them in really good stead now for this game against Banyul next week because, um, you know, for the Panthers and, and for them to be considered one of those premiership contenders, uh, this is this is the perfect build-up for them, I feel. He is, yeah. And I think it looked like a bit of a competitive match. Yeah, Eltham had the more scoring shots, but, you know, that it would have made been made a bit harder it was I think it was set up in that second quarter as well you know they scored what was it 44 points and conceded the 20 that really get that really pushed pushed them towards victory and you know Daniel Owen has started to hit a really good patch of form kick the three got the three goals again this week Ben Montanaro looks like he's getting back into form and that's cru- that's crucial for Eltham because he's one of their key players mm. in midfield and he'll need to be on his game against ba- Banyol. And, yeah, St. Mary's will still take a bit out of this result. It's a close game against, you know, one of the top sides in the competition. A very accurate kicking as well, 12 goals, 6. And, you know, it, they'll they'll still be very ple- still be very pleased they got close to Eltham compared, you know, last year they got... They got humbled out out on their home deck well early on in the season, but yeah, it's um they'll still take a lot out of this. But for Altham, yeah, it does set does set them up well for this coming weekend out on their home deck against another Premiership contender. And then if we look at the other four games, well, I guess it just presented more than anything that you know the the, the gap between the top five and the bottom five right now is is probably a little stretched, um, mm-hmm. which you know I guess you'd start to expect that to be the case. Uh, at this point of the season. The average margin in those four games is 105 points, um, which really just says how big the margins are. I think, you know, they were all going to be expected wins. Diamond Creek with a 90-point win over Fitzroy Stars. Lowell Plenty with a 132-point win over Epping. Thomastown with a 120-point win over Panton Hill. And Banyuil with an 81-point win over Watsonia. So, um I guess not too much to talk about in those games, particularly with the big results. A couple of points I will add, um, one being Thomastown bouncing back in the way they needed to. You know, we know they were seventh coming in, but there's obviously a big gap between them and, and the bottom three. So 
Um, we know they're more capable of, of things, and that one proved it again. Capici back into form with eight goals mm-hmm. as well, which was great to see. Um, the other talking point, <sighs> Penton Hill and Fitzroy Stars next week. It's probably not a game that mm-hmm. catches your eye, but if I had to make a prediction, I think the Stars will win their first game of the year because I, I don't know. Penton Hill just aren't too convincing <laughs> for me right now. They're not really playing in the in the way that I thought they would. Uh, they've been a bit slow out of the blocks. And, you know, I get that they've had a lot of talented sides that they've had to face, but um, just hasn't been an ideal start for them. And for Fitzroy Stars, well, they've been building and we know what they can produce on their day. They can mm-hmm. produce some really good performances, you know. They'll be disappointed not to have got that round one win over Epping, which has been their best chance for a while to scalp a victory. But I think on their home deck, they are a huge chance to beat Panton Hill. Yeah, they are. But, you know, I think... This coming week, though, for Penn Hill is the chance to, you know, bounce back. And uh, I think they'll be looking at this game and expecting to bounce back. Yeah, they haven't had the greatest start to the year. And I think, yeah, and last weekend, their result it wasn't their greatest result. It was a, a bit of a thumping. But, you know, it, it might be the reality check that the Redbacks need. It's, um, yeah, it's against the top side, but it's by 120 points. And I think... I reckon it'll hold them. I reckon it'll get. It'll make them a better side for these next couple of weeks and against these top sides. I think it's the reality check that they do need. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to seeing how that plays out. Um, and then, yeah, looking at the ladder, you know, we've got a big game for Banyu and Alpham, which we'll talk a bit about later on in the program. But it's also a couple of interesting matchups as well. I think this round will really shape. The uh, the top five at least for the next month or so with with a couple of big games coming up for all of those sides, um, you know one v two play each other three v four play each other and five v six play each other so <laughs> yeah it's going to be a monumental game uh, monumental round I should say and I'm yeah very much looking forward to seeing what all three sides bring to the table we're going to take a quick break here on the NFL podcast plenty more for you right after this. The Meadows Conference and Events Centre offers a range of conference opportunities for your next event. Whether it be an end-of-year work party, the next conference, or even a funeral or wake, the Meadows can host any event. To find out more info, head to themeadowsevents.com.au. You're listening to the NFNL podcast. We'll move right into Heidelberg Golf Club Division 3 action from the weekend, and there were two big storylines to come out of this game, mm-hmm. uh, to this round rather, the first one. South Morang and Old Alton Collegians. Well, I cannot remember the last time the Lions have lost three in a row. It's been a little while in this division, but it's happened. Um, they were defeated at home to Old Alton Collegians, and we'll chat to their senior men's coach, Matthew Sleeman, in a few moments' time. But before we do, um, yeah, that's a that's a big win for the Turtles now. It puts them into equal first. They're only second now due to percentage. Um, but, yeah, that's a monumental win because... You know, last time these two sides met, it was a draw last year, um, and that was you know a surprise in itself. But uh, and we know South Morang have lost, don't have a few players to their list, and um, they lost Stefano late in the contest as well, which wasn't ideal. But in saying that, the last quarter was their there's their comeback period really. That, that's when they really tried to get themselves back into the game, and they nearly did. They only went down by the nine points. So um, what this has done is really shaken up that top four because. Seven weeks ago, it was South Morang's to lose. That's absolutely not the case now. And the Turtles mean business. Yeah, they do. And this is dangerous now for South Morang. You know, I would have expected them to 
to win, uh, well, not comfortably, but at least win these last couple of weeks, given they'd start the season off so in such terrific form. But no, it's it's not the greatest. Well, not the greatest performance from them. They did fight back, and credit to them. But you know, old Eltham, you you got to tip your hat to them, and they start have been in remarkable form these last couple of weeks. Six wins in a row and three of those wins as well two of those wins as well have come against content well what we expected to be the top two in lower Mount and old eltham and south america big pun so really impressive wins and you know i think this is possibly the best win for old eltham collegians since they joined the nfnl yeah they've had mm. plenty of great wins but and i know it's a big call but this is against south Morang on their home deck and to go and to go away from there with the four points, it's super impressive, and I reckon it's up there with one of their best wins. It's definitely been a great start for them, and you'd think finals is almost a shoo-in now, and I know there's still a fair bit of the season to go, but the way they've been playing, they're just hard to stop. They do have a bit of a danger game coming up against Mernda, only because mm. of their big win, which is the other talking point <laughs> of the round, and wow, I don't think anyone expected them to defeat Kilmore by 25 points even though it wasn't their home deck. They should have won last week against Heidelberg. We're 17 mm-hmm. points up at three-quarter time to go down to the Hawks, but um, they've bounced back in a big way here because you know 28 scoring shots to 19 means you'd say that they had the game pretty much covered for most of it. And, well, you know, the Demons, they're, they're really trying to push for that top four spot. There was a bit of a dent in their chances last week against Heidelberg West, which, you know, I guess begs the question in the sense that... <laughs> They're probably ruining that loss even more because having beaten Heidelberg West last week and then beating Kilmore this week means they would have won four in a row and it would have been on the same uh, games one as South Morang, which all of a sudden puts you real, really in that finals content- contention early on in this campaign. And I know there's a lot of what-ifs in that scenario, but yeah, I think, you know, in order for Myrna to be one of those sides that want to challenge, these are the games they have to bank and win. They wouldn't have expected it against Kilmore, but now that they have, there might be a bit more belief in that side. They're going to have a lot of confidence after that result. Yeah, it's it's on their home deck, as you said, Nick. But you know, this is against the Kilmore side, which had also been well doing, starting off the season terrifically. Only the one loss before that game, and yeah, it's a super impressive win. Uh, it it was that fast start which was the difference. I wouldn't have thought. You know, they'd be able to hang on after having a fast start and and given what happened the previous week, but they did, and it's a really impressive win. And it sets up, a, I reckon, a mouth-watering clash out at Altham College between mm-hmm. them and the Turtles. So, yeah, it's a great result for them, and it's going to give them a lot of confidence for the rest of the season. And then the other two results to quickly mention was Heidelberg West, 178-point um, winners over Reservoir, and... Lorimer, uh, 222-point winners over Laylor. The power, um, the power forward, sorry, Jackson Cecil kicks 14. So, you know, um, I guess a chance for some forwards to kick some big bags. But what this does mean is, as it always uh, does, highly anticipated clash now between these bottom sides. Laylor and Reservoir next week, we saw the historical win that, that the Mustangs had um, in round three this year, winning their, their first game in quite a while. Um, you know, both sides have fared similar results now in the last month or so, and they'll always look at this game in the calendar as an opportunity to get to get that win, that confidence booster. And 
I'm just intrigued to see which way it goes more in the sense that if it is reservoir, you can see that the signs are there to improve. But I think, and, and Laylor have had a lot of changes to their squad in the last month, players coming in and out, new players coming mm-hmm. in, which is always great to see. Um, both sides have struggled to field reserves at times due to, due to illness or player unavailability. But, um, yeah, for different reasons, this is an interesting match. It is a very interesting match. And, you know, I, I think, yeah, it would set them up well well for this season. But given form, I think Reservoir would head into this as favourites. They've had a lot of closer results than, than Layla. And I think they'll be down a little bit. And they'll have plenty... I, if they have plenty of changes this week, it, I think, yeah, I'd be tipping Reservoir, but it's, um, yeah, it it is a bit of an interesting clash. And, you know, Lorimer is also set up well for for this coming weekend's clash as well. Getting, well, getting a comfortable win, but, you know, I think it'll give them a lot of confidence heading into the match against Kilmore on their home deck too. And we'll now speak to the senior men's coach of the old Altham Collegian side, Matthew Sleeman, following their very impressive start to the Heidelberg Golf Club Division 3 competition. Now joining us on the NFNL podcast is the senior men's coach of the Old Eltham Collegians Football Club in Matthew Sleeman. Matthew, thanks so much for coming on and giving us a bit of your time today. All right, Nick, thanks for having me. I guess... You know, you're coming off a bit of a high, and I guess you could be saying that for the last few weeks now. It's six wins in a row, and, you, you know, you've beaten the reigning minor premiers in, in South Morang. Have you expected the start to be so good? I mean, obviously, you would have set your expectations at the beginning of the campaign about what you wanted to achieve, but to be 6-1 and one after seven games and, and pretty much only percentage away from top spot, um, yeah, have you expected to start as well as you guys have? Yeah, definitely. We definitely did. Um you know, obviously added a lot of new players to the list over the summer. We've had a really good pre-season. You know, looking back at results and games last year, we, were, we weren't that far off those top sides. You know, couldn't quite get the, the wins against some of them. But um, you know, I think Kilmore were the only top four side we beat last year. But, you know, we, we felt like we were well positioned last year. And then to add the, the players we have, yeah, we, we absolutely did think that we'd be in this position. You know, a couple of close games have gone our way. But, um, yeah. Winning six in a row is a pretty exciting place to be at the minute. Let's talk more about the result last week um, against South Morang. Obviously, a very highly anticipated game across the whole league. And you, you seem to keep in front of them from, from most of the contest. What worked in your eyes to ensure that you, you guys kept a level head, particularly in that last term when the Lions just kept putting the pressure on? Uh, yeah, look, we probably um, pride ourselves in being a high-pressure side, so... Um, you know, playing in those conditions, playing under the pressure at the end of the game didn't really phase us. Uh, I thought we did a lot of things right, you know, controlled the footy well, didn't, you know, took 100% options, you know, got repeat stoppages towards the end to, to hold them off. Um, you know, probably you know, nothing against South Rain. They played really well, but I think the scoreline probably flooded them in a little bit at the end. Like, we gave them, we gave them a lot of goals from free kicks. So I think we gave 50-meter penalty, which resulted in a goal. You know, um, our fullback Niall handballed one through the goals and gave away a free kick, and they gave him a shot in front of goal as well. Um, yeah, look, you know, I think it was only two goals in the end, but it, it, it really felt like a you know five or six goal win. And Matt, you only speaking of goal kicking, you were very accurate in front of goal, kicked only the four behinds. That must have really pre- pleased you that you only k- k- kicked the four behinds on the day. 
Yeah, no, I've actually been looking back at some of the vision today and we, we really kicked some good goals. Um, we have been practising a lot of but trying to have shots from from better positions on the ground. You know, I felt like in past weeks when we've kicked a lot of behinds, you know, a lot of the behinds have been from unrealistic spots. So I thought we actually did really well this week at, you know, putting the ball to dangerous areas and, you know, sharing the footy around amongst our forwards and making sure, you know, we're not having shots from the boundary all the time. But, you know, in saying that, some of our shots actually were from the pockets or the boundary on the weekend and, yeah, I thought we did kick the footy really well. It's, yeah, it's the best shooting for goal we've done since you know since I've been coach. And you had eleven individual goal kickers on the day as well. That must have really pleased you that you didn't rely on just one forward. You had a, multi, a very thick spread of goal kickers. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, you know Nick Millen, Matt Keys. You know these guys are good forwards for us, and they've been kicking bags the last few weeks. But um, you know, even having you know Tommy Rogers in the side, he's been playing well, but. He copped a poke in the eye on the weekend, and you know he's probably down on you know what he usually what he usually offers as a player. But you know, as you just said, you know we had a really good spread across the ground, not just with the goal kickers, but just you know performances across the board. Like it's probably the hardest week to do the best players, I think, because you know we we had some roles for different players, and you know everyone just sort of did their job, which was which was fantastic. You mentioned pretty much a lot of those players that you brought into the club just before, and Matthew Keys, Tom Rogers, and. Nicholas Milne, players that have had experience in high divisions and have, you know, been able to play big roles in the clubs before coming to you. I guess now that you are seven weeks into the season, you, you've seen what they've been able to bring off field in the pre-season and, and on field as well and in the first stages of the 2022 campaign. How well have they settled into life at Old Alton Collegians? How much of a, of a, in a leadership sense, have they been in terms of the younger players you've got in your squad? And yeah, how beneficial has it been to have some of those experienced heads in your team? No, it's just it's been huge. So Matt Keys is obviously such a big presence on the ground that I, I really think he's dragged the long players with him. Like the way he plays, he's um you know, very part of the man, very part of the footy, you know, he likes to tackle and he's a big presence. So yeah, like guys like um our captain Ethan Simpson, they've just grown just playing alongside someone like Keys, like, you know, they've sort of taken a leaf out of his book and you know, really see the way they play. It's well, the way he plays is rubbed off on them. Um, you know, Milne and and Tommy Rogers are just the hardest workers on the track. Like they're they're really they're having shots of gold in the training. They're doing the extras. You know, those types of things have rubbed off on the players as well. And you know, now all of a sudden we've got you know guys sticking around at the end having shots and guys getting there early and working on certain things. I mean, these are things that haven't really happened to the turtles the last few years but now they've got good examples from guys from higher divisions it's sort of become the norm you mentioned Eden Simpson there um, being a great captain both on field and off you know Tim Ellis has been another one I, th- I thought has been really impressive particularly in the back line and you know for, for a lot of these plays to have stood up they've you know had a couple of years now in the club and and in the last few years obviously we haven't had too much competition but they've been slowly getting used to, to game styles and, and uh, I guess, gelling with the rest of the side. Um, talk about, I guess, some of those those younger players that, I, that has really surprised you in terms of their development and, and how much of a role they're playing in the on-field success so far. Oh, yeah, Eden's been huge. You know, just to give you a bit of background story about how he became the captain this year, we, we announced a new captain in January this year in Luke Booth and, um, you know, we're really excited about Boothy being the, the leader of the club but unfortunately in the last practice match we had before the season started, Boothy did his knee and, um, you know, had to have a reconstruction and he's out for the whole season. So before the 
first game, he briefly handed the captaincy over to, to Eden, um, which was, you know, you know, it was upsetting at the time, and it was, you know, it was not a great pace, but. Um, yeah, in hindsight, now, like, well, you know, now that it's happened, it's been a really good thing because I think Eden's actually grown up so much, and you know, he's really grown into the role. And you know, potentially didn't happen if he wasn't captain, but you know, he's he's had the best preseason I've seen him have since he's been at the club. You know, he's fit, he's lean, he's running on top of the ground, and you know, he's really leading this side well. And now, the- um, Timmy Ellis. Timmy Ellis, yeah, he's just getting, getting better and better every week. Like, <laughs> the man, he's just Superman. Guy's fit, strong. You know, I say he doesn't get injured, but he might have done his ankle on the weekend, so he might be without him this week. But um, yeah, he's just so resilient. Just stands up, plays his role, beats his man. You know, and he's really grown in confidence over the last, you know, seven rounds. And on this week as well, you've got a Mernda side coming off a, a, an impressive win against Kilmore on their home deck, and you know, you defeated them comfortably earlier in the year do you do you think it'll be a bit more of a fight this this time around out on your home deck yeah we're not going to take them lightly obviously after seeing the result they got last week against Kilmore um you've we've already had a look at the the list you know they I think they had seven different players that played last week against Kilmore that didn't play against us so you know the first time we played them it was a pretty comfortable win for us but you know, they're obviously up, up and about now and, you know, trying to get their season back on track. So, um, yeah, we, we won't be taking the foot off the pedal and obviously expect to get the win, but we understand it's probably going to be a hard challenge this week. You said off the top of the chat that, you know, this is, I guess, a place you expect it to be in terms of being 6-1 and one and right near the top of the table. So... In, in saying all that, how far do you think this side can go? Is it is it premiership glory that the expectation will be now for the rest of the team? Does it does it change slightly considering the last seven weeks, or are you keeping level headed in terms of of what you want to try to get out of your players and your side for the rest of the twenty twenty two campaign? Oh, yeah, no, we're not hiding behind the fact that you know we're not don't fall into the uh, you know one week at a time sort of thing. We're we're absolutely trying to win the premiership this year, and we really think we've got the team to do it. Um, you know, right now, our, our aim is to finish top two. That, that's our first aim and, you know, hopefully achieve that and, you know, then get a good look at, at playing in a grand final. But, yeah, look, we we think we're, we've got the side to win it this year and that'll, that's, that's, you know, previous years to now, this time, you know, after seven rounds, we're probably thinking about how we're going to scrape into the four or, you know, are we going to miss out or, you know, what games we're going to have to win to try to secure that fourth spot but you know yeah right now you know we're sitting out sides pretty high well there's a lot to like at the Turtles and I know we're all definitely looking forward to seeing how far your side goes throughout the 2022 season Matthew thanks so much for coming on and giving us a bit of your time and, and all the best for the rest of the year no worries Nick thanks that was Matthew Sleeman, the senior men's coach of the Old Alton Collegians Football Club. It's great to hear a bit of the insight into the Turtles and I guess what they're continuing to build at that football club. We're heading out to the women's review from the weekend. Some great games across all the three divisions, some really close ones as well to look at. But we'll start with Winning Edge Division 1 women's. There were two Friday night games to start off that round and it was West Preston Lakeside 1 that goes to second spot on the table with a 16 point win over Montmorency 1. This one on the lights at JC Donath Reserve so Cowan Park we appreciate them hosting that game 
throughout that night. Ashley Snow, Talia Pacino, Michaela Maroney, all dominant again. They continue to be. And Josephine Akui uh, was excellent in second game of the year for the Magpies, and she really shown as well. But uh, for the Roosters, a nice win for them. The other Friday night game was between Lower Plenty Bandura and Heidelberg won. And the combined side, well, they, come, they came from behind to win by six points. And Heidelberg won. They've had their struggles in the competition so far. And they had a nice start, but they just couldn't score after half time. And, and well, Lowell Plenty Bandura, they were able to find a way to, to get that important win for them. And yeah, a six-point win for them puts them back in good stead. It does. And I think Heidelberg will be disappointed given, you know, I would have thought they'd come into this game as the favourites here, yeah, they'd had their struggles, but so had Lower Plenty Bandura, Lower Plenty Bandura, and you know I would have thought they'd see this as a potential winning opportunity, but you know it's it ends in disappointment for them. But yeah, full credit to to Lower Plenty Bandura for coming back into the match and and getting the win. You know Ashley Smith, she started the season off well and continued it continued her good form to the season and. Antoinetta Parisi, she's been she's been great servant for for the Bandura side and Lower Pointy Bandura this these last couple of seasons mm-hmm. and her good start continued. You know, Emily DeSando, she's had a really good start and it continued. So a great performance from her for uh, for the Tigers. But yeah, it, it's a bit of a disappointing result for them. They'll look to bounce back soon. Greensboro ended their three game losing streak and had a nice win over the VU Western Spurs by. Over six goals, 37 points was the full-time result. Had 19 scoring shots and kept the Spurs goalless until the final quarter to win. Jessie Hullett kicked her second bag of three for the season, so she's really being a force up forward. And Bree Unthank and Nelly Huber again, very impressive for the Borough. Then Darabin won and Diamond Creek women's won. We know that's always been a strong rivalry, and they were at it again on Sunday. And I think it was the Creekers' most challenging game that they've had all season. Only an 11-point win against the Falcons at AH Cap Reserve. They led all the quarter breaks, but only by nine points at three-quarter time. So Darabin had every chance to, to get that win. That just didn't quite happen for them in the end. Uh, Stacey Cross, Georgia Tate, these are names I just continue to read out every week because they're just so superb for that Diamond Creek women's side. But I think Darabin can hold their head up high with the challenge. Yeah, they they can. You know, they'll take a lot out of this result as well. It's on their home deck as well, and it's a great... It, it's a great win for Diamond Creek women's. They were it was a bit of a fight from Darabin, and yeah, I think you know, yeah, it, they just continue on their merry way. They do they just do as they please. The Diamond Creek women's side, and yeah, it's a, another great victory. I think it's their seventeenth consecutive victory as well. So great stuff from them. Over to SG Print and Paper Division Two women's, and we had one Saturday afternoon game. It was more of a twilight than an afternoon. We. Spoke before about St. Mary's and Eltham playing their senior men's match at Watmore Park. And these the women's sides played following that game. It was an entertaining battle. Um, we know Eltham have been pretty strong all year, but tough work for them. And they had to fight a pretty spirited Borough comeback to win. Mm. They only got up by three points. And um, an 18-point lead for Eltham at three-quarter time. And then St. Mary's kicking two goals, three to zero. But just missed out. Unfortunately, couldn't get over the line. Um, Jessica Hardy doing all she could for the borough, but just just couldn't get that final touch. Alana Murray was against the perp for the Panthers. Yeah, it's you know, it's a great result for Altham. They're they're stunned to definitely hit their straps, and by far they're the premiership favourites in in Division Two. But I think 
St. Mary's will woo miss chances, you know, five goals to nine. That's it's not the great it's not the greatest scoreline and you know Eltham they kicked six goals six so that was a bit of a difference and you know they had the ch- evidently they had the chance to to get you know a couple more goals only th- two goals three in the final term so yeah it's um yeah it's a bit disappointing for it, it they'll still take a lot out of this result but I think they'll be a little disappointed that they didn't finish the job off St Mary's Darabin 2 held on to defeat Diamond Creek women's 2 for the second time in 3 weeks it was scores level at quarter time and a 1 point lead at half time but Darabin were just able to get some breathing room and held on to win by 7 points some great contributions from Ruby Cray and Alex Reynolds while Elizabeth Dixon was again brilliant for the Creekers and then the Fitzroy Stars they bounced back from their loss against Eltham last week to win a very close game over Montmorency 2 it was a 9 point win for the Stars who never led by more than 3 points at any of the first 3 quarter breaks and were able to kick the only goal of the final term Shona Kelly Briggs is proving to have one great season for Fitzroy Stars and great to see her continue to be in the bests and then to finish off Banyul Back on top of the ladder, a comfortable 48-point win over Whittlesey. Um, they kicked eight goals and kept the Eagles goalless after quarter time. and yeah, It was just all the Bears. Alyssa Barnes kicked three. She was a great standout. Samantha Temple played a really great game as well, while Tiana Markey was solid for the Eagles. And, yeah, Banyol back on top. We spoke to their coach a few weeks back, and they're just putting a nice little season together in Division 2. They're settling really nice after their Division their division 3 uh, competition last year. They are, and you know, it sets up a really interesting matchup. This result against, you know, the Fitzroy Stars this coming week. They're going to be definitely keeping a close eye on that. But yeah, they're, they're settling into this new this new division nicely, and yeah, a great win against well, a former Division One side last year. Last year. Well, you mentioned the fact that you know they played the Fitzroy Stars. Well, they played a couple of weeks ago as well, and the Stars just getting the win. So it will be very interesting to see who gets out on top. And then over to Cleaning Melbourne Division 3 women's. They had, it was a one Friday night game there as well. Lorimer and West Preston Lakeside 2. And the Roosters go up to second with 19-point win. So both West Preston Lakeside sides getting the job done. Helena Katsios was superb in triumph. And the power they hung in there for a bit, but they just couldn't get... The job done in the end, and Wallon snapped a four-game losing streak. They beat Holderberg two by 25 points and kicked three goals to nil in the remaining three terms after leading by four points at quarter time to get the job done there. Callie Lennox kicked two majors and was one of the best. So too was Shayla McAuliffe for the Magpies, but the game it around in that one had to be it was a top-of-the-table clash. Well, at the time, at least, between Mernda and Hurstbridge, we had a bit of a preview about it earlier on, but... The Demons, well, a nice one-point win for them. It was There's a lot of nail-biting going on, let's just say that, I'm sure, for everybody in the crowd as well. But it keeps them on top of the ladder um, with the 14-13 to 13 win. And Well, they probably should have won by more. They had plenty of chances throughout the match, but one goal eight. Evidently, they wanted to keep it close to the Demons. <laughs> make all Hurstbridge fans uh, breathe a little bit tricky. But, yeah, great, a great win for, for Mernda. Away from home, too, Ben Freelay over against, well, well, a former Division Two side and a side that had comfortably gone wins the last couple of weeks. Mind you, they'd also comfortably gone wins. I think goal-kicking inaccuracy has let them down a little bit. They've kicked 15 behinds and 8 behinds these last two weeks, but they still got over the line and 
they'll be over the moon with this man there and you know I, I think now they're the premiership favorites that she's just mm. having a remarkable again. and yeah it was Sheridan Bennett as well the best for for the bridges but yeah it's a great win for uh, for Mernda and sets them up well for the rest of the season it absolutely does a lot to like in all our women's competitions and then in the Nepal as well, we've just started the... Uh, we've, we finished the grading period a couple of weeks ago. We've, we're well into the sections now, all 13 sections having fixtures, and we'll hope to get those fixtures for the rest of the year out soon. But the, the talking point of that one, and we'll, we'll speak to Ashley Hanson from Donnybrook soon, is the Dragons getting their first win in the senior Nepal winter competition. Nice win over... Hazel Glen, um, so a great effort from everyone involved at Donnybrook. We know they've got their junior netball program up and about as well in our inaugural junior netball competition. But great to see these new clubs continuing to have an impact when they do come into the competition. We spoke about old Elton Collegians and how quickly they've settled, and great to see Donnybrook with early signs in Section 13 uh, getting the wins that they need. And we'll chat now to the Donnybrook junior netball coach and a senior netball player of the Dragons in Ashley Hansen. Now joining us on the NFNL podcast is the under nines coach of the Donnybrook Netball Club and he's also a player herself in the senior netball team of the Donnybrook Dragons, Ashley Hansen. Ash, thanks so much for coming on. Beautiful, thank you for having me. No problems at all. I guess the first question on Friday night, the first win for the club in their senior winter, uh, winter netball competition. Must be a great feeling around the place to get that first win off the back. Absolutely. It was it was really exciting for us. We've all um, come together and never played together before. So to start off the season with a, with a win was a great, great way to start. Tell us about, I guess, how the team got together. Obviously, a new club and, and settling into things. You know, how did, how were you able to get the squad together? And, and yeah, how have you gone about gelling the team and, and yeah, enjoying your netball? Yeah, so um, with the, the ladies in the team, majority of us haven't played for quite a while. Um, some are coming, you know, back from having children or even haven't played since high school. Um, Christy Marsh, our netball coordinator, has done a really good job of advertising through the Donnybrook community, in the, um, especially in the Olivine Estate, which uh, is where our courts are going to be. They're, that's presently getting built. Um, and, yeah, the word got out, spread through Donnybrook and had some registration days, things like that. Um, and everyone's just come together from across a couple of estates through Donnybrook. We train once a week. Um, and it just seems to be really starting to gel and come together and, and form a really good, a good bond between us all. And, and we're just we're there just to enjoy our netball. How have you found the competition to be so far? And yeah, what have you? What's your experience been like with you know playing some different sides and and, and getting some competition games going? It's it's been challenging in the beginning for us purely because we had no real idea, I guess, of. of what we were coming into, what, you know, the, the processes were and things like that. But it's all been run so smoothly. We, you know, our fix, the fixtures go up. They had a, a series of grading games to begin with, so it gave us a good taste and a good feel of how the actual competition was going to go. And, uh, yeah, it's just we're, we're really happy with how it's going. It, the Venues that you have also have the games are great because we get to go to a different stadium, you know, every couple of weeks and 
try out some different venues and the courts are really good to play on as well. So it's, it's all falling into place really well for Donnybrook. As I mentioned off the top, you're also doing some coaching with the Junior Netball Program down there at Donnybrook. Uh, tell us a bit about your role with everyone there and, and yeah, how you found the experience so far of coaching the, the young netballers around the Donnybrook area. I am absolutely <laughs> loving it. Um, more than I expected to be, to be honest. Um, so I'm the under nines coach and we, so we at the moment are having our courts constructed up in the Olivine Estate, which is um, actually sponsored by Mervac. So we're very grateful to have those courts coming together. Um, and in the meantime, we're just training at a local school. We have such an awesome group of kids in the under nines and some of them have never even played or heard of netball before. So it was, it was challenging in the beginning to have quite a varied understanding of the game varied skill set but they're all they're just doing great like and they're all forming some really wonderful relationships with each other and um, we've recently nominated a captain um jesse to help lead the team and it's just it's just thriving as a little group um and they're all really enjoying the game really enjoying learning new things working together and building those relationships with each other and i just absolutely Oh, I can't explain to you how proud I am and how much fun it is just to see them get excited about a game, get excited to get out and have a run. It's, it's, doing, it's really, really great. It's and really... on top of that, we've also got the, um, the Auskick happening as mm. well. So the, we've got a really great coordinator, Jason, and all the kids for the Auskick meet every Saturday down at um, Edgar's Creek Secondary College, and they've, they're, they're doing really well too and it's just good to see kids out doing sport and being outside again and being a part of the community it's great to hear the enthusiasm as well it's so good that the Donnybrook area have been given these opportunities in both the football and netball back on the junior program just for a moment Mm -hmm. you you spoke about some of the positives that it has in terms of learning the game and and building the relationships is that the ultimate goal that you want to get out of the program in, in seeing these kids not just develop their skills in the sport, but also building lifelong friendships, which we know sport can do. Absolutely. So, you know, the, uh, some of the children came and were like, oh, we want to win, we want to win. And, you know, that's always, that's always handy. <laughs> um, but we are, we're, you know, under nine level, we're, we're trying to build that foundation of um, the skills and, and the game, but also develop that, that sense of fun that comes with sport and that, it, you know, you if we win, it's a bonus. But we are trying to just get them to enjoy, especially I think after the last two years, a lot of kids have, you know, been inside and missed out on a lot of things. So for us, the one of the big goals is just really trying to build some relationships that are outside of school for these children. Um, and as you said, you can get some lifelong friends out of netball. I know myself, I'm still in touch with a lot of, people that I grew up playing with and we haven't played together in a long time um, so if we can if we can help the children develop that that's just a bonus I think and are you still inviting uh, children to come down and join and if you are how can they get involved with you know joining the netball club down there at Donnybrook yeah so we also have um, a net set go program that runs at the, it's currently training at the same time as the under nines on a Thursday afternoon, the best way to find out information is to contact um, Christy, who's our netball coordinator. Um, And we're definitely taking names of interest for anyone else that's wishing to 
potentially join the Dragons um, or have a go at the net set go and see what they think and then that's sort of like our foundation for some age groups to come up into the Dragons once they do get a little bit older. So Christy is your best your best bet for that. She's the netball coordinator for the Dragons and she can direct you in the right way. And she's also playing in the senior netball winter team, which is great to see that she's she getting involved. She definitely is. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> she's doing a great job. Um, you mentioned just before as well with the Auskick as well, we know that Donnybrook were planning to have some junior teams in our competition, which unfortunately fell through. But it's really great to see that the Auskick program's being up, um, getting up and about and, and that kids are still coming down in the area and, and, and playing football. Do you hope that soon once, you know, I guess you get those developmental years going in that, you know, we'll see some junior sides representing the Donnybrook Dragons? Absolutely, that's the plan. Hopefully we can, you know, develop that Auskick program and use that as a feeder to, to get some teams into the actual competition would be fantastic. Ashley, thanks so much for coming on and, and have, giving us a bit of your time. So great to hear all the happenings down at Donnybrook and all the best as well for the season and the senior win, winter netball competition, but also with the junior program. Fantastic. Thank you very much and thank you for your time. That was Ashley Hansen from the Donnybrook Football Netball Club. Great to get a bit of insight into one of the newer organisations around the NFNL and just a bit more about their netball program as well. But before we do wrap up this edition of the NFNL podcast, as we always like to do, we have a quick look at what lies ahead in all of our senior men's and women's competitions. And the man that's got it all covered is Josh So. Josh, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, there is a couple of interesting matchups in, Divi- in Melbourne Greyhounds Division One. There, to be honest, these matchups they're not that good. they're they're all right on paper, not the the tightest matchups, but still very interesting matchups. Uh, I've got a good, bit of a close eye on North Heidelberg Greens, but I think you know. North Heidelberg will put it up to Green, Greensboro and I think that'll be a close game down at Shelley Street. Bundura McLeod, that's always a bit of a, a fierce duel between those. Well, two. just on the North Heidelberg, we know that they've been very close to these top sides already so far mm. this season and especially coming off a win. Um, yeah, it could be a very interesting game. It could be. And yeah, Bundura McLeod, the two, two, na- two neighbours, that'll be a bit of a fierce duel out at Yulong Reserve. Uh, Hurstbridge, West Preston Lakeside's a danger game for the Roosters, you know, they've hit a bit of a rough patch and yeah, you can't write them, off, write them off early in the season, but if they lost here, it is away from home, it would be danger signs for for the Roosters. Division 2, you know, Eltham Banyol, first mm-hmm. versus second, it's hard to go past that, you know, Eltham, their one loss has come against a contender in Lower Plenty, they have defeated other contenders like Diamond Creek and, and Thomastown, but, you know, they'll be looking to defeat last year's minor premiers well possibly the best side in division two for for the last three seasons and yeah that will be a really good contest diamond creek level plenty is also a really interesting contest out of coventry oval and thomastown st mary's that's mm-hmm. a very interesting that's a very interesting contest you know thomastown coming off an absolute uh, uh, Confidence booster win over Penn Hill by 120 points, and St Mary's coming off a loss. They'll be, you know, looking to rebound, and it's another test for for Fabian Corelli and his side. And in Heidelberg Golf Club Division Three, you know, you have got Reservoir Laylor. That is a, that is always going to be a really good contest, and I think 
Lalo will be determined to get that first win off the on the board after you know going down to Reservoir early in the year. And Reservoir will just be looking to get that first oh, mm. their first home win since 2017 out there. And Laura Kilmore as well, mm. Kilmore as well out at Laura Reserve. Yeah. That's a a very interesting matchup out there. And I think in the women's as well, particularly um, across to winning edge Division One women's, Lower Plenty Bundura and Greensboro. Mm. Well, that combined side have, have come off a nice win. Um, of their own Friday night, uh, as we spoke about just before. And I think Greensboro, with a confidence-boosting win against VUS and Spurs, mm-hmm. like they have, um, I think that sets up for a really good clash. So really looking forward to seeing um, how that one goes. But until next week, that's all we have time for on this edition of the NFNL podcast. Thank you, Josh Ward, for coming on as always. Always a pleasure, Nick. I've been your host, Nicholas Sacco, and you've been listening to the NFNL podcast. <laughs>